and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 80th episode of the podcast for the week of December 2nd, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back Florida-based professional astrologer of Radiant Astrology, Christina Caudill, who will join me in a a juicy discussion about Jupiter in Capricorn. Yay, Jupiter's moving. So now before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work, and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month, you can do so over on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. I also have a tip jar if you'd like to make a one-time donation in the spirit of the holiday if you are a listener of the podcast and want to support. You can find that over at energeticprinciples.com. Now, just a real quick uh, announcement. I'm going to have a little changes in December because it is the holidays and everyone needs their rest. Uh, So December will be a little bit of a different schedule for the podcast. So I will be on every other week. So do note that there will be no podcast next week, but I will be back for Capricorn season and our eclipse season episode on December 16th. And then I will take another week off for Christmas and then I'll be back Uh, on the 30th of December with the astrology of 2020, which we know is going to be juicy. So just uh, put that in your calendar in case you're wondering where I might be. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week growing and waxing in light and moving from the fixed airs of Aquarius and into the watery realm of Pisces, where she then heads towards her friction-inducing first quarter position late Tuesday night. She carries on in the sign of the fishes until receiving a fiery burst from the cardinal flames of Aries midday on Thursday. She blazes through for most of the week's end uh, through that zone before settling into the fixed earth of Taurus in the wee hours of Sunday morning. Now, just a quick heads up that all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, we do have quite a week before us. Uh, Obviously, the big news of this week is that Jupiter is ingressing into Capricorn. Uh, But we also have Mercury making a sextile to Pluto, the third and final sextile. Uh, And we also have Venus making a sextile to Mars and Neptune. Uh, And then we also have our uh, bi-yearly 
uh, sun square to Neptune. Ooh, I feel like the Neptune's already here. My mind's like, woo. Um, so it is going to be an interesting week to say the least. So let us waste no time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Aquarius, but she will move to Pisces around mid, uh, actually late, late night on Monday. So it's mostly an Aquarius day. Uh, Along the way, she'll make a square to Mercury and then a sextile to Jupiter. Uh, Now, two things of note on Monday, we have Jupiter ingressing into Capricorn, which of course is big news. And we also have Mercury making that final sextile to Pluto. So let's jump into Jupiter here. So, you know, the time is finally here. We've talked about it for some time. So the major celestial tide turns as Jupiter heads into Capricorn for a year-long stay, not to leave until December 19th of 2020, where he will make a grand exit following followed by an immediate conjunction with Saturn at zero degrees Aquarius. So uh, it will be an interesting ingress moving on from here. Now, this is bound to be a pivotal transit in many ways that is setting up larger cycles that will extend over many years to come. Now, rather than go into it more here, you know, we're going to save all those juicy Jupiter talk moments for our guest segment that's coming up shortly, as Christina and I share plenty of information for Jupiter's stay in Capricorn. Now, also note, we have Mercury making that final sextile to Pluto. Uh, So Mercury, we know that's the messenger. That's how we learn, communicate, news, perceive, you know, all that stuff. And sextiles open the door. We actually have a lot of sextiles this week. So there is opportunity uh, and movement going on. Uh, But Mercury is opening the door to Pluto, which is transformational energy. This is when we are presented with something uh, that is a bit of a deep dive that we have to get through. And it can be challenging in the emotional part department because, you know, it we have to make changes. So, you know, last week, the messenger made its final connections to Neptune and Saturn over the holiday. And now we are at the last pass with Pluto. And so Mercury's retrograde journey through the, this planetary lineup, because this is, you know, this is three times around here, uh, is coming to an end now. And you may notice the different quality of our outlook in this process as Mars, which is Mercury's current dispositor, since Mercury is in Scorpio, is, you know, is now in its domicile of Scorpio. Mars is now in Scorpio and is helping old Mercury seal the deal in that back and forth that's been going on for the last 45 days or so. You know, where when Mars was in Libra, we might have had more of a mental issue where we were weighing sides. But now that Scorpio is fixed and we are ready to go. So our minds are focused, driven, and ready to make changes in life. So this could be the time where word comes down the pipeline that transitions are indeed in place. And there is an investigative quality to this position as well. So if you need to go on the hunt for something or find more information around a project you are trying to build, um, or even if you're looking for a job, you know, this can be a beneficial time to focus in on that and see what your options are. So communications take a deeper emphasis at this time too. So, you know, take advantage if you need to share something from the depths, as this is a good time to do so. Because laying it all out there will help purify the situation in order for it to move forward. So the bottom line for Monday is is that mentally, things may feel like they are finally getting settled as we have a reflective void of course moon for most of the day as we float in the future-oriented airs of Aquarius. Now, the mind is active when we may be in a state of contemplation on the inside, even if the world demands things from us on the outside. 
So we get our first taste of Jupiter now in Capricorn when Luna ingresses into Pisces really late in the evening, uh, at least here on the Pacific coast. And it makes a friendly sextile to the great benefic. So, you know, this is the first time the moon is going to touch Jupiter in Capricorn. Uh, So you may want to make it a low-key night, uh, but also find time to listen and reflect as spiritual inspiration uh, could be floating in. Now, on Tuesday, we have a first quarter moon in Pisces, uh, and along the way, she's going to make a sextile to Uranus. She's going to trine Mars. She's going to sextile Venus, and then she's going to square the sun, which is her first quarter position. Now, Venus and Mars are also making a sextile in the skies here, uh, Venus in Capricorn and Mars in Scorpio. So Venus, she's our relation planet. She's our attraction planet. She helps us draw in and, and create balance and harmony. And like I just said, sextiles open doors or opportunities, but you have to turn the knob yourself in order to do so. Well, Venus has this opportunity with Mars, and Mars is our focused action. It's how we move forward and, you know, our drive, where we're motivated, um, how we assert ourselves. So here we have Venus coming around to make a friendly connection with her counterpart Mars, you know, because they are Venus and Mars. They're like, bread and butter, (laughs) which makes us an ideal time for connection and creation uh, because there's a sense of wholeness there. So I think that this sextile bodes well for the Mercury-Pluto sextile too that happened the day prior as we have the opportunity to work together and attract in our desires, especially if they are of a material nature, while also having the ability to communicate in depth internally and externally. And so the door may open to help a creative project get off the ground, or uh, we may be making cuts in areas of our lives, you know, because Mars does cut, um, in order to attract in the new projects we see. Because a lot of times we have to make cuts in order to welcome in the new. Yet ultimately, our action energy and our receptive energy are working together, and that's always a positive thing for creation. So the bottom line for Tuesday is that Luna lights up that Venus-Mars sextile while also activating her dynamic first quarter position, making this a day of movement. Now, the challenge of the day is likely to be an emotional one, as the first quarter moon in Pisces creates friction to release and move on in life. We know that you know, what is good for us, uh, though, and we may feel that sense of wholeness with Venus and Mars coming together uh, as we approach our lives in a compassionate manner. So compassion is key, especially midweek. So be easy on yourself and others as there may be a lot going on under the surface that is not readily apparent in our casual connections. So just keep that in mind. Um, now, first quarter, I had a little blurb about first quarter, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't read it. Ah, oh, Mercury. Uh, so I will now. Now, first quarter exactly will be at 11 degrees and 49 minutes of Pisces. And that will happen around 10.58 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So for, for some, you know, we might just feel it during the day, but that exact hit will be more when we are sleeping. And so really, I feel that this first quarter moon is stimulating our attraction energy, yet simultaneously asking us to release and let go of some in order to move forward. Uh, So, you know, because to become what our spirit wants next, we have to release at this time to regain momentum. We may be challenged emotionally, like I said, just said in the bottom line, or tested on our compassion for ourselves and others. Yet I think if we embrace the growth that can be made from this position and the dreams that await us in the future, we will welcome the release. 
So let your inspirations and your visions activate you at this time. For even if we are plagued with emotional friction, there is always empowerment in aligning hope and faith with where this story is all leading. Now, on Wednesday, we don't have any aspects. Actually, we don't have any planetary aspects other than the moon until Sunday. So we're going to blow through some bottom lines here. (laughs) How Capricorn. Um, All right. So Wednesday, Wednesday, the moon is still in Pisces, and she will make an early morning conjunction to Neptune and then go on to sextile Saturn in Pluto during the day. So the bottom line for Wednesday is that the day starts out on the slow and dreamy side before we come back down to Earth when Luna makes her sextiles to Saturn and Pluto. So pay attention to dreams that may have come in or in your early morning reflections, as there may be spiritual nuggets there. We may want to escape from our priorities, but I think once we get going, we will willingly sacrifice ourselves for the cause. You know, we just kind of got to get moving first. So stay practical and compassionate in your approach on Wednesday and go easy on yourself when you can, because energy may be on the lower side today and really all week too, because we got to keep in mind that the sun will be squaring Neptune. Now, on Thursday, the moon is in Pisces, but will move to Aries uh, almost just before noon on the Pacific coast. And along the way, she'll trine Mercury and then make a square to Jupiter. And so the bottom line for Thursday is is that the Jupiter in Capricorn story really becomes activated as Luna makes her first tense aspect to Jupiter. We had the sextile before on Monday, but this is the first, like, activating one. So the first part of the day, we are still swimming through that slow-going Piscean waters, yet once the moon ingresses into fiery Aries and then squares Jupiter, I think we're going to get a shot of life injected in us and where we're going to be ready to move on in our stories. And Jupiter may send us a push in some way, too, in whatever direction we need to go at this time. So align with the growth that is all around you, even if it's through the release of the old, and embrace this forward momentum with courage and a fighting spirit. Now, on Friday, the moon is in Aries and will square Venus and trine the sun. So the bottom line for Friday is is that the Aries moon has come around to stoke our fires. Yet watch for a bit of moodiness and social friction to come up in, you know, because this me first moon, (laughs) it might butt heads heads with that Venus in Capricorn. Um, So if you are feeling moody or irritable in the earlier half of Friday, know that the shining light of the Sagittarius sun is on its way to lift you up with a shot of awareness and enthusiasm. Uh, Now, we find our equilibrium within the way the story is progressing with that trine to the sun. And we will hopefully have a general understanding of where we are to conquer life next with that Aries moon. So think of your next moves in the spirit of adventure, and you can't go wrong. Now, on Saturday, the moon is still in Aries and will make early morning squares to Saturn and Pluto. So the bottom line for Saturday is that pay attention to your dreams as there may have been some heavier stimulus to get through as the Aries moon squared Saturn and Pluto in the wee hours of the morning. And so the moon then goes void for most of the day as she finishes her transit through the ram's fires. So pick the low-hanging fruit today, as we will likely still have goals to accomplish, yet we would do better with those that can be resolved at a quicker pace, especially as our energy and focus is lowered with the impending sun-Neptune square. 
Now, on Sunday, the moon is now in Taurus and will make a trine to Jupiter and then an opposition to Uranus, both very early in the day, uh, probably why we sleep. Now, we have the sun squaring Neptune on Sunday. We have Venus sextiling Neptune. And we also have Jupiter squaring Chiron, who is about to station in the skies. So, sun square Neptune, you know, this is, sun's our life force. It's our vitality. It's where we become aware and purposeful. And we turn a page when the sun makes a connection. And so, with squares, you know, this is action. These are events. These, this is friction and challenge. And we are challenged by Neptune. And Neptune asks us, you know, to let go, uh, to dissolve, to be compassionate, uh, to, you know, move through maybe some confusing situations or situations that uh, involve some sort of loss or, like I said, letting go. Uh, Yet there is a spiritual influence to this, um, and it may be quite dreamy all week. And so here we have our biannual square to the sun to Neptune. Yet, this is one, you know, that may be more telling than most as the sun comes around to light up this air, light us up with awareness around 2019's Jupiter-Neptune story. So, look for light bulbs in that area because, you know, that has been a big uh, outer planet transit for all of 2019. And Neptune uh, now direct and then with the sun squaring, there might be kind of awareness of something that's that has eluded us for some time within where we were pushing forward. Yet, overall, we are likely to feel a little diffused at this time as we, you know, we're kind of walking through a cosmic soup. So, inspiration is high and ideals are in the air, yet we must keep in mind that all may not yet be revealed. Uh, Yet that doesn't mean we can't dream. But I think part of the sun's transit here is that things are going to be revealed, uh, even if we don't have all the pieces, but we get a little bit more now. So know that the air is foggy and there could be a little bit of deception still at play or a little, you know, uncertainty. So this is less about moves and more about the vision as there is a spiritual quality to this story. And this can also be a time where we find that we are tested by our generous and compassionate nature or where we become aware that something is dissolving from our lives. Luckily, Venus is helping to soften this influence, I think. So here Venus is in her sextile to Neptune too. So, she, you know, she's supporting while the sun is causing the friction. And we already know that she helps harmonize things, bring some grace to the situation, you know, in especially in relationships um, and, you know, just connecting with people. And so here we have another sextile, which we know is that opportunity we have to open the door to. And we already know what Neptune's agenda is. So here Venus comes around to open the door for Neptune and to attract the sea god's energy in. So I think this is a necessary part of the story, and that is why she's calling it towards us to help challenge the sun's ability to integrate the Neptune component. I have a feeling this will be another excellent day for those who are artistically inclined and really, we all have our own, you know, versions of making art. So see if you can't escape a little into this energy and create something in the process. Calling on the muse can help us move through emotional material, and it just happens to be usually the best time to create. So even if you're feeling a little down, which Neptune can bring grief to us that we might be trying to heal or move through, you know, pick up your artistic medium because that can work wonders. Now, it may be just as simple as spending a day in another world, you know, binging on Netflix. You know, it depends on the person, of course. But consider the latter half of this week in general to be a bit of a dream world. 
Now, Jupiter is also going to square Chiron, who is currently stationing in the skies. And we know Jupiter's now in Capricorn, you know, expanding our worldview and getting that party started, moving things along. And we know squares, you know, present challenge and friction. Uh, And Chiron, Chiron brings up some, you know, can bring up our personal wounds and the things that trigger us in life. But it does so for healing opportunities so that we can gain wisdom through these more trying experiences. So now I must mention that Jupiter is also forming a square with Chiron, you know, within the Sun, Neptune, and Venus, Neptune. So, and really, this is going to be felt all week and then some because Jupiter is a slower moving planet. So be aware that there are triggers at play and growth is made through getting challenged and then finding the wisdom through that experience. So look for what triggers you this week and see if you can't get a hold of that. Ground that energy and practically move through it, you know, because Capricorn can help that. Now, pragmatic wisdom is key. So put whatever you encounter that riles you up through that filter, and you'll find a nugget of wisdom that is likely to last a lifetime. Now, the bottom line for Sunday is that it's an interesting day, to say the least, you know, in the astro skies. We have Luna now in grounded Taurus, uh, receiving an early morning conjunction to Uranus. So you may feel as if, you know, maybe a heavier part of you is actually lifted while you sleep. You may feel a little lighter once you awake. The moon in Taurus already moves at a slower pace, and with that Neptune emphasis at play, you know, I'd recommend laying low and having a free day on Sunday if you can, uh, especially if it encourages your creativity or being able to go with the flow of inspiration. As Venus sextiles Neptune, she's acting as an intermediary for next week's Mars-Neptune trine. So see what message she and the sun bring today from the watery depths of the sea, as Mars is likely to follow that flow throughout the next week. And I will say real quick before we wrap up our segment here, I just wanted to give you a heads up because I'm not going to be on air next week. So just this is a quick, quick report with less depth. So you might want to check my Instagram account. <laughs> uh, but next Monday, you know, we're going to have Mercury move into Sagittarius. So our that we're going to get kind of a fresh shot there. Uh, we have our full moon in Gemini while Venus conjuncts Saturn. So definitely, you know, I do write my moon article. So if you aren't on my mailing list, come on over to energeticprinciples.com and you can have that delivered straight to you. So you can find out more about this Wednesday, the 11th Gemini full moon with Saturn and Venus conjunct. Uh, now that Friday on the 13th, we that's when Mars will try Neptune and that's when Venus will conjunct Pluto. So Venus is going to be doing a ma- getting a makeover next week. Just FYI on the relationship level, you know, we are balancing out and it may be a little trying in that department. And then we end the week on next Sunday with Jupiter trining Uranus. And that is something we uh, talk about extensively in our... Um, in our Sagittarius season episode that I did with Jack earlier, uh, a couple weeks ago. And then also Christina and I talk about it later in this episode. So if you, you know, if you miss me next week, go back and listen to Sagittarius season and you can catch some of these things that I will not be sharing this time around. Uh, yes. So to wrap up this week though, this week we are moving forward by letting go, which is not always the easiest thing to do. 
Jupiter ingressing into Capricorn ushers in the next year's signature of growth and movement, and we are likely to get a flavor of what that narrative looks like as we find ourselves increasingly reconfigured throughout the week. Pay attention to the stories that you tell yourself at this time and make sure you are the hero of your own journey. For in times of change, courage and a fighting spirit are likely our best assets. So now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something to something to what I'm talking about here. And so this week, I feel like they were very apropos. (laughs) So I drew the Eight of Cups as the focus and the Two of Pentacles as the grounding. Now with the Eight of Cups as the focus, this week is centered around a changing of course as there are aspects and situations in our lives that it is now time to move on from. It can be hard to leave the old ways behind, especially when these experiences, commitments, and relations are embedded in our emotional world. Yet the heart asks that we dare to begin a new quest, and we can't do it from where we stand today. So be able to let go of something this week and allow your direction to change as we can now sense and trust that there is a bigger picture at play, and this will be a necessary move to move on. By releasing emotional attachment and being willing to make a few sacrifices, you then create a receptacle for the universe to refill it with what you now wish for in life. So consider it as making emotional room so the heart can fill once more. Now, with the Two of Pentacles as the grounding, this is a card I've actually, you know, personally been getting a lot of lately. Yet it started to make a lot of sense as the Two of Pentacles represents the first decan of Capricorn in the tarot. And, you know, and that's where Venus has been traveling, and that is where Jupiter is now entering. So much of what we are letting go of with the eight is centered around changing circumstances in the material world. If you've been juggling a lot of responsibilities and personal goals, it may be time to suss out what is most deserving of your time and energy so that you can stop spinning plates and feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes we can't help it, though, as that is just a point of, you know, a point of time in life where we have to rearrange and balance many aspects of our lives as things, you know, everything gets juggled around. So do your best, recharge when you need to, and drop a few plates if they aren't worth the spin, for it's now time to focus on the goals that matter most. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the Roadrunner. <laughs> our speedy little friend is here to remind us to keep our sense of humor this week and to not take things so seriously, which is a tall order when you've got a lot of, you know, Saturn going on in, uh, you know, reality is what you make of it. So that's the thing, especially when we have all these Saturn and even going into 2020 is like reality really is what you make of it. So look for the lighter perspective, choose it. You know, I remember when I was young, I'd get frustrated or angry over the slightest little gaffe I would make, say I dropped something on the floor or whatever. But now, you know, I've learned to laugh at myself because getting all worked up over life circumstances can rob you of your energy and a good mood. And it really comes down to your attitude, you know, all of life does. So look out for life's absurdities, the oddities, the ironies, you know, that are going to come this week. For through the right filter, they can actually bring humor and understanding of just how funny life can be. 
So now just a quick little shout out, of course, uh, if you are in the San Diego area, we will be having our solstice party at the San Diego Astrological Society on Friday, December 13th at the Joyce Beers Center in Hillcrest. So if you want to find out more about that and becoming a member of our group, you can find out uh, all that information at sandiegoastrology.com. And of course, I do have my Astro Storytime episode, uh, which November we had Steve Jobs, uh, who has Venus in Capricorn. So if you want to find out more about that Capricorn energy, I did a full workup on Steve's charts, which was fascinating. So for $6 per month, you can get that episode as well as the back episodes, which is a lot of Astro info. So now just a one more reminder that I will be off uh, on and off for a couple weeks here. So do, do keep that in your back pocket, but I promise I will be back. So all right, now it's time for some Jupiter in Cap. So let us meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome back this week's special guest. We have Christina Caudill with us again. Thanks for joining me, Christina. Hey, Melissa. I'm happy to be back. Thanks for asking me to be on again. Absolutely. You know, uh, the subject of the week is Jupiter and Capricorn. And I was like, hmm, who are my Capricorn folks? And the first person that popped in my mind was Christina. And so I was like, oh, come on, come join me. And she was like, you know, in Jupiter fashion, she said, yes, yes, yes. You said three yeses in a Did row, I? actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was my Capricorn sun, Capricorn ascendant, and Capricorn Mercury. <laughs> they, I had to check in with each of them. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I'm glad they were all on board. <laughs> oh, so we have such an exciting topic here uh, to talk about today. Um, but I just, you know, just real quickly before we get started, just in case you're a new listener to the podcast, uh, Christina, will you just give a little bit of uh, background? on yourself. Sure. Um, I'm Christina Caudill, an evolutionary astrologer with Radiant Astrology, and you can find me online at radiantastrology.com. And uh, my perspective on astrology is that it is the map of the soul, and we are each on our own soul journey. Um, and while you know the magic and beauty of astrology is how the transiting planets interact with our natal chart, um, we also can be co-creating with the universe how we interact with um, the expression of that soul path. And so I really think that astrology is a tool for empowerment. And now I don't use that term empowerment very lightly. I know it's thrown around a lot these days. You know, some people are even sick of it. But when you think about what it means, especially for women that we've been so disempowered for so long, um, and so many people living lives that are unfulfilling, um, but ultimately we know that we are, um, we have the ability to choose a life that is of our own making. And even though the planets can show us there's times where fate comes along and, you know, we have to sort of give up and surrender to fate, um, most of the time that is meant to be for our benefit. And so looking at astrology as a sacred art that actually is here to help us live our soul intention is really what I'm here to help people to see more of. 
Mm, I love that. That is a beautiful explanation of what you do. And I feel I feel that that is so needed in, in the times that we are in, in the moment, just to even look at astrology that way. Um, you know, a lot of us are at major turning points in our lives. Uh, and I like, I forget exactly what you just said, but it's something about it tied into Jupiter and Capricorn in my mind, you know, the life of your own making, right? Um, because there is something to be said about, uh, A, number one, cardinal energy to get us up and moving. Uh, and Capricorn, you know, putting in the work and making the decision and going after what it is, uh, you know, you would like to cre- build in your life. Um, and I think that's going to, at least on my end, I feel like that's going to tie into some of our Jupiter and Capricorn discussion <laughs> that we're going to have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I liked that wordplay. Um, now, let's, okay. So last week I did a Jupiter in Sag retrospective. So we all kind of got to hear, you know, what happened with the Jupiter and Sag transit um, because we're trying to... <laughs> right I, and I love doing a review at the end. So we're right. always looking ahead and what's next and what's after. It's important to look back and review, you know, did, did these transits meet your expectations? You know, were you wrong about what you thought was going to happen? What actually happened in alignment with, you know, this archetypal meaning? Um, so it's great that you did that. And what did you find with Jupiter and Sagittarius. Well, you know, I found that it was just uh, through the, you know, through guest stories, like a lot of people were challenged. uh, Like one, one person was just like, ended it with, it was enlightening, you know, (laughs) like with a little (laughs) bit of, uh, uh, I don't know. It, It challenged us in many ways. And even Christine and I were just talking right before we, you know, clicked record about how we thought Jupiter, you know, a lot of us thought Jupiter and Sag was going to be this magnificent thing. Now, of course, it was overshadowed by Saturn and Pluto, <laughs> which uh, Jupiter and Capricorn will take a, a stake in as well. But, you know, I, I found that it was, it, it did get people some of the good stuff, but it was just not handed on a silver platter, or at least not the people that I talked to per se. And the number one thing that I was really noticing is just the amount of fires that happened during the Jupiter and Sag transit. Um, Oh, that were devastating, right. not only to lands, uh, to, you know, s- sacred buildings. Um, just, yes. So, and, and, and this was the year that the, yeah, the Amazon burned. I mean, Amazon, Notre Dame, you know, Dame, Australia yeah. is still trying, you know, like California where I am. It was, it was a fiery, and that's the thing is like Jupiter is going to, uh, you know, so let's talk about just Jupiter and some, you know, what does Jupiter do anyways as a planet? Real quick overview. I mean, because to me, it's all about, you know, <laughs> I wanted to say blowing things up. That's very fire related. Mm-hmm. But in the sense that, you know, it's aggrandizing and making something bigger, mm-hmm. but mostly just to move things along and get some movement and growth in the situation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Christina, what do you, what do you think of Jupiter or what comes to mind right away for you? What comes to mind immediately is expansion because Jupiter expands what it touches. You know, it just, as you said, makes things bigger. And the big question is always with Jupiter, will it make things better or worse? And, you know, we don't always know that. We just know that he will make things bigger, right? We'll get more of things. And 
I mean, he is the planet of abundance and prosperity, but it's also when bigness can also not necessarily serve us. You know, like you were saying with the fires, when they're running amok, when they're not contained, um, we can also get a lot of wastefulness and sloppiness. And, you know, I know you as a Capricorn moon, we don't like those words. <laughs> Trining the uh, Saturn and Virgo. Oh, mm, mm, God, mm. that'll get my blood boiling fast. <laughs> And that can be like, you know, the, this, as I heard early on once um, someone say that Jupiter was a lazy planet and you have to kind of make the most of it. And that did stick with me because, you know, we, Jupiter will give a lot. And if we want to help mold that, we have to bring our intention to it. Like, for example, we just had the Jupiter and Venus conjunction in Sagittarius, right? And mm-hmm. And everybody was like, ooh, that's going to be so romantic and so amazing. And um, a lot of people seem to be kind of let down (laughs) with that one. Um, I know for me personally, I released an offer at that time. So I said, at the very least, you know, I have a lot of work to do. My husband and I aren't going to go on any kind of trip or romantic vacation right now. We can't. But, you know, I'm going to release something. And it did really well. So I was able to get that expansion of Jupiter and used Venus in terms of her, you know, money-making gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was able to get something out of that, like some Jupiter juice from that. And earlier this year, um, well, actually, like, when we were, before we got into Jupiter and Sagittarius, you know, I wanted to make the most of it, even though I knew it was going to be a year of a lot of work for me. You know, it's not an easy time in general, Um, But I thought, okay, I haven't been on like a vacation overseas in like 10 years, you know, Um, and my favorite place to travel is Europe. So when I saw that Venus and the sun were trining Jupiter in Sag, Mm -hmm. Venus and the sun were in Leo, right? The sun sign. And they were trining Jupiter in his sign, Sagittarius. And that was in August. And And I think Jupiter is stationing too, right? around that. Oh yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's finally stationing direct because of course we always want Jupiter direct if we can. And so I scheduled a vacation then and it was awesome and it was amazing. We made the most of it. And I, you know, I probably spent too much and ate too much and gained too much weight, but... (laughs) Such um, is vacation. (laughs) Yes. And so it was that little window of time that I made sure I wanted to make the most of, you know, that particular Jupiter juice. Um, But as we have you said overall throughout this year you know jupiter in its own sign at times can be problematic because if we can't get our hands around something as big as mm. jupiter you know then it can be a problem and we've had that jupiter neptune square like three times at least three times this year it seemed yeah. like it kept happening it just kept ha- yeah it was just it was the whole year basically it was like yeah. we didn't even need direct hits which <laughs> It just and that also set things sort of like um, derailed a lot of things too. And um, so, you know, we kind of have to keep our expectations because um, like I said, I saw some people just really being upset that, you know, nothing happened with their Jupiter-Venus conjunction because it was in Sagittarius sign and these are the greater and lesser benefics. Um, but sometimes you have to call it in or set the stage for it to happen and just, you know, trust that what comes through is part of Jupiter's blessing. 
Yeah. And well, and that's the thing too, is like, I think the people that might've been a little like, um, you know, didn't go as planned or how they had thought, you know, that was just Mars and Uranus opposing in the skies at the same time. That was like, (laughs) you know, and that's the thing we always have to consider when we're looking at these planetary alignments is that, you know, no, not one planet is ever acting alone. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a cast of characters that are always, uh, you know, someone's doing this thing and another person's doing that thing. And maybe those two people are working together or that person's working alone. And, there, that's creating the whole cosmic soup that we essentially, you know, wade through every day. And so we can't, it's really hard to, you know, it's actually impossible and it's, it's not a good practice to ever really isolate any one thing because, because of that reason, you know, yeah. you can talk about Venus and Jupiter all day, but when Mars and Uranus is breathing down that back and like, if you're, if, and like you were and then saying the moon earlier, was void, and then it went into exactly. Scorpio and then it's like, okay, the moon, you know, the moon ultimately <laughs> is going to determine a lot about the mood. Yeah. Right? And so the, you know, really, and that's the thing too, is like, in, in how I do my forecasts is chances are that the sweeter spot of that, uh, conjunction happened a few days earlier when the moon was giving it a nice, you know, ray of light mm-hmm. um, to tap mm-hmm. into that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, and why always preface, it, you know, transits are never exactly, it can be applying, it can be separating. It just depends on A, where the moon is and B, on how it's interacting with your own personal chart, because all that is going to factor into, you know, how much uh, quote unquote juice you get out of old jupe jupe here. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I think it's great to uh, like look at the transit and you know get the feel of what's the potential there so that then we can take that and then throughout the year start looking at how is that interacting you know with these other things that are happening um I will say, you know, because, you know, I had those little pockets of the Jupiter and Sag that were positive. And even though we've got this Saturn-Pluto breathing down our necks, you know, <laughs> um, you know, there were times where the Jupiter and Sag could still, you know, regardless of the fact that we have all this intensity happening, you know, there still is a sense of hope. There still is a sense of, you know, maybe the future will have some promise for us. Um, now those squares with Neptune, though, they kind of threw people into real tizzy at times. Um, but yeah, Neptune you know, like literally threw shade on the hope. There, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> mm, you, oh, how hopeful are you now? Or uh, it, well, it's it's. I love that you bring that up, though the the hope element into it and the faith. And of course, that can sound hokey when you're faced with things that are uh, you know deep, deep trying nature. Um, And this is actually something that uh, one of the contributors, uh, Mackenzie Greer, had brought up as well in the last episode is is she's talked about hope and optimism and stuff being fluffy words that we use, but really, you know, they come into play when we go through maybe some more challenging, you know, Saturn Pluto type situations. And we need those. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need those moments of positivity uh, and the light at the end of the tunnel or the silver lining on the gray cloud in order to, uh, you know, keep it all together and move along. Cause that's essentially as as humans and as the evolution process, we are moving along. That's a thing. <laughs> so we're always moving forward. And that's essentially what I think Jupiter is here to help us do. Um, now, what happens when we put that with Capricorn? So we already know what, what Jupiter is trying to do here. So 
what's Capricorn trying to do in general? Yeah. What would you say, Miss Capricorn? <laughs> well, as we know, you know, Capricorn is an earth sign. So it has to do with practicality. It has to do with our material world. Um, and, you know, Capricorn is known for being more restrictive. So we might not get the whole as much expansiveness as Jupiter um, expects in his own fiery sign of Sagittarius. But in a way, you know, that can be a good thing because we want to contain some of that juice, mm. right? Um, I think it's important. And, you know, like for instance, before I got on the call, you know, I wanted to see what some other astrologers were saying about Jupiter and Capricorn. And a lot of, you know, the best astrologers were all doing webinars that you would have to pay for, for Jupiter and Capricorn, which I actually like because there's some great astrologers and they'll write all kinds of stuff and it's all free online, whatever. And you don't always value it when it's just free and when it's just there all the time. That's but true. if it's you know a webinar you have to pay for and you kind of expect a certain amount of value and you expect a certain you know parameters around it, then um, you know it creates a container for that which you're presenting. Um, and I, you know, even in what we do with astrology, um, I had an early business coach who said something like that you want to create the container so that people can pay you. You know, it's not like you're yeah. making them pay you, pay you, you're trying to sell to them. It's like there are people that value what you do and they want to pay you. So create that container, create that structure around it so that that interchange can actually take place. Mm, yes, uh, that is solid, solid advice, pun intended, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to create the bucket in order to get uh, the tip, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think there can be more expansiveness in the more practical areas of life. Um, so maybe having more value and possibly even enjoyment in things like, you know, our career or our work, creating structures around our lives that help them become more sustainable. I mean, I think sustainability is something that we, you know, really think we value in this world, but until we're actually doing it and, you know, putting something toward it. But I also think that Jupiter can help bring ease and maybe bring some more of things because there's nothing worse than working and working towards something and not seeing the fruits of your labor, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that Jupiter can hopefully like give us a sense of that, um, you know, be able to see the, the fruits of what we've been working toward. I think that's the total potential. And it also makes me think of what Oprah has said is that, you know, because she doesn't really believe in luck, but she believes that what luck is that, you know, that people say is luck is opportunity meeting preparation. And mm. so to me, the opportunity is Jupiter and the preparation is the Capricorn. Ah, yes, 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 yes. That makes so much sense because that's the thing is that you're not, I, it's really funny. Actually, I posted, um, a meme earlier today that a fellow astrologer, a, a Lodi Meow, Meow, I think that's how you say it. Oh, Lodi Meow, yes. Yeah, she had one, she was saying it about Venus in Capricorn, because um, Venus has moved there as well recently. <laughs> uh, but it was just a little thing that said, more money will come your way this week. Type amen and share. And someone had crossed out type amen and share and wrote in, if you worked last week. <laughs> <laughs> 
funny because to me, the more money will come your way this week, type amen and share was very Jupiter and Sag to me versus the Capricorn that's coming in to cross that out uh, and say, well, you know, did you work for it? Did you put the effort in, right? You know, because Capricorn's looking for that effort. Essentially, it's a Saturn ruled sign. Um, and that's why, you know, Jupiter in Capricorn is in what is known as its fall or its depression position. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about dignity earlier. So this is a, this is a big leap for Jupiter to go from this, you know, elevated position to this, like, mm, it's not, you know, cause essentially it's in, uh, you know, it's in the sign of its antithesis because Jupiter and Saturn are two completely different principles. And so once one principle enters the domain of the other, you know, to me, that seems like a lot of uh, compromise and balance in some way, which can actually be a good thing. Because like we were saying earlier, Christina, with the, with Jupiter and Sag kind of running amok, you know, there is a positive, uh, you know, assessment to the idea of balance and give a little Jupiter to Saturn and give a little Saturn to Jupiter. And of course, you know, Jupiter is going to be answering to Saturn, but still maybe the balance of the two and the fact that the two have to work together and will actually kind of, you know, be better. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, because there's no looking at this transit ahead this year ahead that we're looking at of Jupiter transiting Capricorn without looking at, you know, Jupiter entering into the, you know, black hole of Saturn and Pluto dun, conjunction. Dun, dun. <laughs> I know I'm hearing like the Jaws like dun, 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 dun. Oh. <laughs> And yeah. so, yeah, so it's like, gosh, what's going to happen then? Because you're, as you said, it's Saturn sign. So Saturn is ultimately, you know, everyone's answering to him. And I would say that, when I think about all, you know everything happening in Capricorn, the part that is con- more concerning to me is the South Node meeting Jupiter. I've often seen mm. with transits of like uh, you know Jupiter and South Node is Jupiter can get drained almost. You know all of his goodness can kind of like you know this balloon just getting all the air getting let out for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> such a sad, it's such a sad image, but a poignant one. (laughs) I mean, it may or may not have been that way for everyone, but it seems to be like, you know, and luckily these are, you know, sort of fast moving type of transits, but I would be looking at that time as maybe Jupiter not quite having its juice. But I think when Jupiter meets with Saturn, obviously there'll be, you know, Jupiter does not like restriction and ultimately Saturn is going to restrict that Jupiter. But like I said, sometimes that can be a good thing if we can... Um, create something tangible from it. Because ultimately, you know, Saturn isn't just about punishment, you know, and burdens. Saturn can also really give you great gifts when you do the Saturn work. work. Um, because Saturn <laughs> ultimately wants you to be stronger, wants, um, wants things to have a strong and solid foundation, you know, wants to bring the, you know, ephemeral into existence, into material, into the material world. So um, it, that could potentially, you know, help to expand a little bit of that Saturn and give some much needed um, boundaries around the Jupiter energy. Yeah. 
to kind of, like you, the word you used earlier to contain it to some extent, uh, because containment is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and you know, the way that I was kind of looking at it, especially with Jupiter moving through Sagittarius first, and we got to keep in mind that, it, you know, Jupiter and Saturn, just as planetary, uh, you know, their own dance, they do Jupiter is reaching the end of that, uh, grand conjunction cycle, which by the end of 2020, you know, Jupiter and Saturn are going to meet in the skies at zero degrees Aquarius, which Aquarius. is for other reasons. Yeah. Reasons. Um, but you know, when, when I think about Sagittarius and, and Jupiter energy there and, and that rushing through and that reconfiguring a lot of us, um, pushing us all along and having us question, you know, what our stories were and what we believe about ourselves. I think that was a necessary growth moment for a lot of us to actually move into this Capricorn, Jupiter and Capricorn, um, moment, which Saturn and Pluto have already been setting up an agenda for. So, you know, maybe, uh, this is because we got to think too, you know, the second Jupiter moves into Capricorn, this is not just Capricorn, it's going to be Aquarius too. So we have a couple years of Jupiter moving through Saturn ruled signs. And so, you know, maybe we were drawing lines in areas, uh, putting up the containment and the boundaries that you were just mentioning or creating new frameworks or new relationships with, you know, our work and our ability to, uh, you know, initiate some sort of material agenda, which with Saturn and Pluto meeting. And so, a lot of change and reconfiguration happened, but to me, and especially with that Neptune square that was going on, because, you know, Jupiter and Capricorn is going to provide a Neptune sextile, which is its own thing, and we'll maybe touch on that a little later, but mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of us are are at a point where other all, old stories are falling away and new ones are being born and maybe we have new dreams for ourselves and that's going to take work that's going to take a new structure a new foundation and here uh jupiter is coming along to aid saturn and pluto in the eclipses in you know giving us not all limits or or death or you know it's like oh here i'm helping support this agenda but work is involved you know and so that's kind of the way that i'm looking at it yeah and i mean and a lot of astrologers i have heard say um and i've seen this at times too that in practice you know when you look at someone's death chart when someone dies it's mostly jupiter yeah i I agree and it and you know for whatever reason i feel like it's uh, the spirit being released mm. or something you know because jupiter is about that release i see a lot of times when jupiter comes to the sun some oftentimes people either leave a job i see that a lot because the sun tends to be you know where we focus our you know our public identity or our, our sense of our personality or our you know, central focus, um, or you are leaving something so that you can have a bigger yes. Yeah. And I think this year, I bet this year there was a lot of people leaving things and stuff with Jupiter and Sag, you know, to go to new horizons type of thing. Um, and when we look at Jupiter going through Capricorn, because Capricorn does have to do with things like commitment, um, things like responsibility. And I don't know, I, I don't fear these words. I think some people like hear these words and they're just like the worst words ever. And um, and I guess before your Saturn return, right? And uh, But actually, when we can take responsibility, when we can say yes to the right commitments, then actually that can we can be who we dream of being, mm. you know, rather than just sitting around and having these um, 
this long-term vision of one day I'm going to do this or be this, you know, which would be Jupiter in its more pure form. And then in Capricorn, it's like, you know, if now is the time, if now is the time to take to the stage, you know, or to become a professional, you know, or whatever it is, was that big dream, it's kind of time to do it now. And it doesn't always it's not always glamorous in the actual work of it, but it can be so satisfying, you know, when you really sort of take on those responsibilities that actually make you into who it is that you want to be. Absolutely. Cause that's the only way you're going to get there is, you know, when you, you commit and a lot of people think that, you know, commitment, um, you know, you're committing to something or, or it's outside of you, but you know, how about let's turn it around and maybe we're not committing to something or a job or whatever, but just commit to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you know, make the promises or, you know, keep the promises that you make to yourself. That is a form of commitment. Um, and that takes what is also a Capricorn word, and that is discipline. (laughs) Because when you, you know, in order to be committed to something and make that your agenda and prioritize, that's Saturn. Time, you know, prioritize your your time. That's very much Saturn. But by doing that, that is essentially discipline. And that discipline is going to lead you to, you know, the culmination of your of your craft and the, and the perfection of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to build because we got to keep in mind that Jupiter uh, you know just Capricorn in general this is a cardinal earth sign so this is a start this is initiation mm-hmm. Good uh, you point. know yeah this and that's why I like to think that the you know, if there was any destruction in our lives in the last year or so or leading up to this, I feel like a lot of us have been leveled for the purpose of creating a new foundation. And that is what 2020 is uh, in many regards and not only in our personal lives, but in the world sphere as well. And so to me, this is all about foundations. And so we want to ask ourselves, what foundation do we want to build? Are we already standing on the foundation? Because I have a feeling we're going to get a kind of little hit of, you know, how solid that is. Uh, You know, number one, when Jupiter trines Uranus in in Taurus. I I was waiting to us to get to that. And you said that earlier, Christina, with the sustainability portion. And I think Uranus tells that story too. Um, And so, you know, December 15th, you know, before we get to the eclipses, which uh, are configured to Jupiter on, you know, Christmas. Uh, I think that is kind of our first, like, you know, Jupiter's going to move into Capricorn on December 2nd, and then we get that trine to Uranus on the 15th. And I think that is when we get our first glimpse, like true glimpse into what that looks like. Yeah, Jupiter trine Uranus. That even though they're they're in Earth signs, so let's see what that brings up. Um, hopefully, no big earthquakes or anything. But um, we do know that you know Jupiter is big, and Uranus is sudden shifts and unexpected change and things like that, and sudden evolution, those kinds of things moving forward. Like you said, that if Jupiter is sort of the wheel of fortune, and Uranus is about accelerating. You know, <laughs> I feel like I'm on a carnival ride now. That's going just a little too fast. <laughs> too fast. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but you know, and I think that's going to, and that could be the moment too when we start to get that reconfiguration just in in the worldly sphere. Because really, this upcoming um, uh, eclipse, solar eclipse, that's going to happen. Um, on on Christmas, December twenty sixth. You know, yeah, the day or day after. Christmas. Yeah, because we have when that when that drops. Let me get my little wheel up here. Um, oh, I hit the wrong button. Oh well. 
<laughs> Don't chew gum and talk. Okay. So, uh, yeah, because when we have that, you know, we're going to have that eclipse and essentially Jupiter is going to be right there with the sun and moon in that south node um, that mm. Christina was speaking up earlier. And I think, you know, if you are at a time when you are, your job is just not working out anymore or you're trying to start, a, you know, a, a company or, you're, you know, I noticed a lot of people getting laid off and a lot of people, uh, mm. yeah, but they wanted to be. That's the thing. Mm. You know, even uh, Stacia's story last week in the Jupiter retrospective, is she had a fight. You know, she's, I've watched so many people become professional astrologers actually while, while uh, uh, Jupiter was in Sagittarius. But, you know, they had to be let go of their job or their job was downsizing or maybe they were put it in put in a position um, of work that wasn't what they liked doing anymore. Uh, but mm-hmm. so that shift, you know, and so I think that we are going to see, you know, a lot of a lot of people are actually laid off on Christmas around Christmas because they can get a severance. It's a good time to make a transition. Mm-hmm. And so just an FYI, especially if you're standing on that shaky ground and that foundation that I was talking about, that mm-hmm. I think a lot of that reconfiguration is probably going to happen, you know, in our work sphere and what we do with our time and our energy and our commitments and all those Saturn things. Yeah. And, you know, if Jupiter is also about, you know, wisdom, knowledge, um, and it's in Jupiter through Sagittarius, I've often seen it. I kind of thought, gosh, everybody has a freaking opinion about everything. <laughs> right. And, and they feel like they are right and they want to share it all over social media. And um, so that was, it seems to be to me, especially over the top this year. And so Jupiter going into Capricorn, you know, if Capricorn is about mastery, I think it's time to go beyond just opinion, you know, mm-hmm. just because I feel something is right or just because I can like speak loud or, or I have this platform, you know, it's like, what do you really know? Um and even, you know, hopefully within astrology, we'll see even more people actually going to like get certified, you know, or something yeah. rather than just, or even taking the courses if they're just learning through, you know, memes online or something like that. That because what I feel would be the saddest thing is if someone had all their hearts, their heart um, and hopes pinned on, say, to this Jupiter in, uh, in Venus conjunction, yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. And then they think, oh, this astrology is just, there's nothing to it. You know, it's, it's bogus. But when in fact, they didn't look at the full picture, or they didn't see how it actually affected their natal chart, you know? So there's mm-hmm. more to it. It's deeper than that. And so... Um, you know, with Jupiter being about what we know, what we believe, um, if Saturn, I mean, well, Saturn and Capricorn will hopefully bring us to a more realistic yes. view. I mean, when I had Saturn going through my 12th house, um, so much out there said, you know, it'd be so depressing and so terrible and da da da. Um, it actually was, it was about getting real. Hmm. And I started saying, okay, I don't have forever for all of my dreams to come true, but what do I really actually want to focus on? You know, what do I want to prioritize in my life? And that helped me to get clear. And, you know, 
the process of adulting means at times saying no to things. Otherwise, we are forever, you know, the puer or the puella archetype that is like the forever child. Um, but to really have a life that's satisfying and meaningful, we need to do our Saturn work. And I think Jupiter can, you know, I that's why I'm excited about it. I think Jupiter could, Jupiter could help things along in that in that way. Right? Because like what we were saying earlier with, you know, Jupiter and Saturn kind of balancing, (laughs) you know, even though they're opposites, you know, hopefully they'll work together to help balance some things out, which can, like you say, you know, give a little bit more of a reality check to maybe some of the, you know, beliefs that we were holding or that are inflated position for some, um, or maybe just being able to, cause some people just, you know, the glass is always half empty. Um, and we need that Jupiter to come in and be like, you know, b- bring a mixture of the optimism to that sense of, of, you know, cold, hard reality, uh, because they both exist, you know, both exist. Ideals exist. And so do reality. Um, and we got to marry them so that they can work together here. But I like that the idea of getting, you know, clearer and more focused um, and taking out the fluff, you know, getting rid of the fluff. We're not entertaining things anymore. We are honing in. We're putting our horse blinders on. You know, the, the, the horse is not running wild anymore in Sag. You know, the, the centaur has moved into the Capricorn space uh, and now it has the blinders. But hopefully that will just keep us focused um, on that you know, and that might be part of the growth that we're going to go through is, is the focus or is the, you know, we grow by trimming the fat and getting rid of what is superfluous in our lives and not, uh, you know, supporting the foundation of the actual agenda that, you know, we would like to move our, our storylines uh, along with. And so I think that's, and that really is going to play into one of the biggest uh, Jupiter um, aspects that are uh, transits that are going to be happening during 2020, and that is the Jupiter Pluto conjunctions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Jupiter is getting a little makeover uh, beyond the Saturn, you know, with with that Pluto emphasis. So, you know, Christina, what do you what do you think of those meeting three times, nonetheless? Oh Lord, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say that those are the most interesting. Um, definitely, you want to check your chart for those times. It looks like it's April 4th at 25 Mm -hmm. degrees Capricorn. That's on my Mercury. Um, (laughs) Then it'll be on June 30th, also at 25 Capricorn. And then um, again, November 12th at 23 Capricorn. So all within that little, you know, 25, 23 Capricorn. And I have to say my favorite thing was what... the astrologer Greg Crawford wrote about it being about a time of really expanded ambition, you know, and that could really be the potential of that. Now we have to also take that and look in the big, in terms of the bigger picture, like, you know, there's some people who are ambitious, who want it all for themselves, you know, and that can be a little scary, you know, so we want to check that. Um, in our own lives and actually also in ourselves. Because anytime we have Pluto, I almost always see that as power struggles or dealing with one's own power or disempowerment. And Pluto has so much to do with our unconscious. And when things are unconscious, then they're running us. 
you know, rather than us consciously making decisions um, and knowing, you know, how we're responding or behaving in our lives. And we can just almost like be possessed by that, by that intensity of the Pluto shadow. Um, and Jupiter will come and expand that. Now that, again, that can have a lot of different sort of expressions. Um, Jupiter at times can elevate things as much as it can expand things. Um, and if we see as Jupiter, you know, on its higher side being about faith and being about wisdom, and optimism and, you know, being will. And actually Jupiter can also oftentimes be like the one who wants to be a great leader, you know, to lead people by um, you know, inspiration or, you know, do good for others, be charitable. Um, but the, so just in general, we want to, we want to consider that, but when it meets Pluto, you know, Pluto is going to necessarily intensify, you know, and amplify. Um, so those are times that I think in the world stage, you know, we want to keep an eye out. Those that could be concerning. Yeah. I think in our own lives, um, again, we want to see this coming and try to aim for like our higher selves engaging with this process. Right, because we can all that's the entire basis of Jungian psychotherapy is is it's looking at our shadow and mm. and knowing what our potential is because we all have such great potential for incredible goodness as well as you know darkness, destruction, and evil, and we need to sort of accept that it's not just them out there you know that are bad and evil. We all have that potential, and it's about reining ourselves in and knowing what we're here for, mm. what we're here to create, rather than just to destroy. Yeah, those are all excellent points. And I'm like thinking back in my mind <laughs> a couple of years ago when I actually had Jupiter by transit conjunct my natal Pluto, um, even though I do have a luminary T-square, but that's a whole other story. But, you know, those, that was one of the most trying times of my life. And I did deal with a lot of um, kind of intense drives that I had in a certain area of life that was just running amok, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I just, I was just too focused. I was too, you know, hungry for that thing that I was just obsessed over, you know, um, and the, the part of the growth. And of course this took place in my 12th house, you know, so we know how that story ended. Uh, it, it, I did not get what I wanted, um, but that's okay. I, I learned a lot in the process. And like you said, you know, that is part of Jupiter's uh, juice actually is the wisdom that we get through the experience. Um, you know, you know, oh, can I share a little oh. bit about, I remember when I had, let's see, I had Jupiter, no, let me see. Yeah, Pluto squaring my natal Jupiter in the mm -hmm. third. And that was amazing. It felt like every little thing I did was just taking off and things like that. Like I was getting all these great opportunities, like out of the blue, you know, because I really see Jupiter can be opportunities, you know, and, and Pluto is this, just this relentless force. And, um, and it can be about power and and as I said, your own empowerment. I felt like I was so empowered at that time. I had like three different astrologers who I barely knew saying, okay, what transit are you having right now? Because you're blowing up right now, <laughs> you know? It's and that, that's helping you out. Yeah, that could be a potential of that too. Um, that, you, you know, again, these opportunities, um, Jupiter, 
um, that can really meet some kind of real um, power, power within you or, you know, a power mm. that's available to you. Yeah. So. And, and that might actually be part of all of 2020 as we go through these three passes is accessing that power uh, and, and relinquishing power from some areas and then accessing it in others. And I think, you know, that was really my own Pluto Jupiter experience when I had it just by transit is, you know, even though it didn't fare well for me in the end with my own particular focus at that time, you know, it did push me into an area uh, that was still suited for me and gave me new opportunities Mm -hmm. there. So so it was a reconfiguration. Yeah. You know, like, and that's the thing. So, uh, and, and I did feel empowered at the time, even though everything kind of fell apart, I still was empowered because I was getting the the notice and the things that I needed to carry that story forward because it wasn't all just, you know, I had, it's interesting how I had like the backing to backing for my obsession to help fuel it because people are like, yes, this is awesome. Um, but it wasn't the agenda for me and everyone involved and that's okay. Um, but that was part of the learning experience and growing as a person and moving beyond that. Like that was my own take and everyone's going to be different, of course. Um, and it just depends on the natal chart and other transits and progressions and so-and-so. Going yeah. And time. how you consciously, cause the thing, you know, we can't see consciousness in the yeah. natal chart. Right. Right. So, um, it's always best to see as much as we can, you know, the multiple um, facets of any archetype um, so that we can do our best to access it in a way that, you know, we feel like we're still in somewhat in control of our lives because otherwise, you know, when you just feel like we're being, uh, you know, puppets for the gods being thrown around at their whim, then, you know, we don't have any sense of, of control in our lives. And when, it, when in fact we do, when in fact we can use our own agency mm-hmm. to help create our lives. Mm, yes, our own agency. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, Cardinal is all about that. Cardinal's a, a self-starter. It gets up, it goes. It's like, this is the agenda. You know, I'm not waiting on anybody's permission. I'm ready. <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, that could be definitely part of, you know, especially just 2020 in general, with all that Capricorn energy. But it is interesting to note though, that Jupiter, Pluto, uh, conjunction, the last one that happens is right around our uh, US elections, of course. So I have a feeling that uh, as far as a mundane influence, especially how it's, you know, perfectly uh, pieced out through the year that I think our, our own election trail is going to really align with that story wow. that's playing it's out. It's going to be intense. It <laughs> sounds <is>. like. <laughs> it is, it is. Well, okay. So this brings me to, because I really wanted to go back and look at some of the previous Jupiter and Capricorn transits to, you know, mm, what, have, yes. what are we looking at, you know? Uh, cause I'm trying not to make marathon podcasts <laughs> any longer. I'm like trying to stay, you know, that's very Capricorn, right? Stay within the time frame. Um, so, okay. So now just real quick, some of the dates, um, for the last four times that Jupiter has been in Capricorn, uh, it was December, 2007 uh, through early January, 2009. So mostly 2008, mm-hmm. uh, there was, uh, mostly two, 1996, 
1984, give or take, uh, and then mid-72 through mid-1973 or early 1973. Um, so I did want to touch on, because I found some fascinating things uh, with some of the headlines that were going oh, on. Good. So let's go back yeah. to 2008 first, because if you're oh, old... can I just share mine? Oh, get in 2008. there. The 2008 is one of the best years of my freaking life. That's oh, why <laughs> when I hear people saying that Jupiter and Capricorn is going to be horrible. Okay. Now, you know, we didn't have Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn at the time, of True. course, but <laughs> you can't say Jupiter and Capricorn is horrible for everybody because I mean, you know, the year before that, um, I was working really hard at a, a job that, you know, it, it was exciting. It was fun, but I wasn't making any money. And I finally just left and I went into doing what I loved doing. I was making a ton of money. I was like traveling. I, it was the most amazing year for me. And I felt like I, I achieved a lot. So, and again, I've got you know, Capricorn, Sun, Ascendant, and Mercury. But it really, I look back at 2008 as one of the most amazing years ever for me. Now, I was looking back at you know, what was happening with the planets. Saturn was in Virgo trining Jupiter you know, for a couple of times during the year. So it was kind of giving it support that way. Mm. You know? And so that may be different than the Saturn-Jupiter as a conjunction with Saturn ruling it. But um, you know, I think that might have helped it somewhat. But at the end of the day, um, it was a good one for me. I mean, of course, you know, not every minute was a party, but you know, I was working hard. I was finally, that's what was happening was I was finally getting some return on my investments, mm. you know, investments oh, that's of my so time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got your return. You put your time and your energy in and you know, and that's a perfect example of a Saturn reward, right? Christina, yeah. you like, you oh, did, yeah. you did the work, you know, you set it all up and, uh, you were delivered that through your effort. It wasn't just like surprise you won the lottery. No, yeah, <laughs> there and was preparation. <laughs> what I was kind of thinking is it's like, you know, Jupiter and Sag may be like, you know, Santa Claus who's just like comes in and just like, you know, just gives you a bunch of gifts and then you didn't have to do anything and whatever. But Jupiter and Capricorn to me is more like, okay, you can get your gifts once you've made your bed, once you've, you know, cleaned the dishes and da, 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 which might be a little bit like, but then you get your gifts, then they feel even better because you've earned them. Earned them. Oh, you know? I, that's so great. You earned them. That's a word we haven't earned, we haven't earned. We haven't, mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't used yet, uh, which also is another Capricorn word. <laughs> I just, uh, anyways. Well, that's a fabulous story. And now that I think about it too, is, you know, 2008 was a pretty good year for me as well. I was in the, uh, had my own uh, vintage clothing business online on eBay and I was just killing it at that time. Now now I will say, and I want to say that that year was, or at least leading up to that year, maybe the first half of the year, that was the most money that I ever made in my life. Um, to be honest, I yeah, did very well. That, I remember 2008 was the most money I think I'd ever made up until then. And I was like, 
Finally, cha-ching. <laughs> but uh, there was a big but to this though. And it actually falls in line with some of the things that I want to share for the for 2008 and the headlines because it actually affected wasn't my own business. There, okay. Now, um, wasn't there a, uh, what do you call it? The the crash? Was that the stock market? Yes. So in, in 2008, uh, we had a Black Monday on January 21st, uh, which was like the biggest ever one day points fall in the you know in the european stocks right. were it was crazy then on september 29th we had uh, the dow had the largest single day drop and then on october 4 24th you know we they had bloody friday where the market's just like you know so the whole uh 2008 was kind of pieced out in these um market falls which you know a lot of astrologers have been kind of you know this is kind of the thing that we see in <laughs> within the capricorn Horn in Jupiter story mm-hmm. is is uh, you know we you know the overestimation of maybe the the prior uh, Sagittarius but you know Pluto had a part to play in that story right. even though it wasn't in Capricorn yet um, but yeah because ha- like um, I guess for prior to that with the Jupiter and Sagittarius people were not being responsible right yeah with their money and investing and things like that and then. In when Jupiter came into Capricorn, there had there was a price to pay for all that sloppiness and overvaluation and things like that. Yes, and it's a perfect example. You know, here I'm selling uh, clothing on bid clothing on eBay, right? So it doesn't have a fixed price. It has people competing with a price, which you know, <laughs> I'm sure Jupiter and Sag helped that a, a little bit. Uh, but you know, once the market started tanking and then all these customers that I had, and I had a really strong uh, international base. I'd say about 75% of my customers are international. And all those credit lines that everyone had that they were able to pay, you know, $200 for a (laughs) t-shirt, everyone lost their lines of credit because there was a credit bubble going on. And so Mm -hmm. literally my profits went in half. Uh, by the end of 2008, I had my, they had like halved out. Um, and in, in reality, I was selling things for a more realistic price, but I got really used to the, you know, inflated uh, competitive nature of what was going on before. Uh, and so that actually helped, you know, that was part of my own business, you know, taking a, its own Jupiter and Capricorn fall through other people's credit lines and their, their uh, you know, ability to spend at that point because credit was getting super hard to get at that point because, uh, you know, there was all these, all these bubbles and the home bubble and the, you know, all the... Well, I would say I would be concerned, you know, with, when Jupiter meets Pluto because Pluto can also have to do with these things like, you know, who has the power over money and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we see the plutocracies, you know, which is like the people actually, that basically means the rich people are controlling everything, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and it also has a lot to do, I see with, you know, like when you're in debt to someone or if you have, you know, too much debt to them, they have the power, you know, and even if it might just be around money, it might feel like even, you know, they own you. Yeah. So that's something definitely to be concerned to consider. Mm -hmm. So yeah, don't stretch that credit and get real realistic about what you're putting out, you know, putting Mm -hmm. out there. Um, because there is that market, uh, fluctuation that can happen with Jupiter in, in Capricorn. Uh, and every, you know, every time it makes it there, it's different because like we said earlier, there's other factors at play. Um, Mm -hmm. but some of the other things that were going on, on there, uh, 
I notice a lot of switches in, um, you know, in, in power right? Because mm-hmm. if Jupiter's moving things along, like in 2008, Fidel Castro, you know, the, the leader of Cuba for 50 years, retired, you know, Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opened up Cuba actually, uh, to, literally it opened up Cuba to then, oh. you know, it's still not completely open at all, but you know, people began to be able to travel there. They're reconfiguring the, you know, their political system. And it's, um, so that, that happened. That was a significant change. Um, and what also was interesting to me too, was that 2008 was the year that the Russian president, uh, Dmitry Med- Medvedev, I don't know if I'm saying that right, he appointed uh, Vladimir Putin as the Russian prime minister. So that was oh, Putin being placed into a p- position of um, you know, importance in 2008. And so I'm noticing with these 12-year cycles uh, that they're actually ca- uh, characters uh, and um, and situations that play out every time Jupiter and Capricorn comes along. So I'm very Jupiter interested to see. Turn on that. That's exactly. Exactly. I remember when um, I this was probably just a couple of years ago, but remember when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt got like divorced or were mm-hmm. divorcing, and a lot of astrologers said that had to do with their Jupiter return. Mm-hmm. Um, which I kind of thought, well, gosh, there's, there's plenty of other planets that have to do with separating, but, um, it seemed that, you know, sometimes there is, you know, some kind of a completion or a completion of one cycle Yeah, when you get that Jupiter return. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we'll have to keep a lookout for old Putin there because he'll be having that, you know, that his power return in a sense. Um, and in same, well, you know, that was the year we elected Barack Obama, which is, was a historic change in leadership, you know, like that was huge, um, which gives me hope, right? <laughs> for, uh, see, to for, me, I also see that I think the best of it is Jupiter being that, that, uh, do gooder, you know, the, the, the great, you know, is a great charitable mm-hmm. sort of influence. And then with Capricorn being a leadership, I'm hoping we'll have some leaders who can lead with hope and inspiration. Like maybe there's not going to be another Obama, but um. yes. Well, exactly. You know, that. Uh, but that's fascinating that, you know, his, uh, he won the election the year that Jupiter was in Capricorn. Um, now, just a in, the, in 2008 is the most juiciest one that I'm sharing. The other ones, I'm like, tit, you know, <laughs> in, the, uh, in the saving of time. Um, but also wanted to say that the, the goal, what's interesting, because we talked about the markets dropping, right? But mm-hmm. what on the flip side of that is that gold prices on the, the, the New York Mercantile Exchange hit an all-time high of $1,000 an ounce for gold. And so I don't know, do you remember this where everyone was like, put your money in gold because yeah. it's like, because gold is an actual thing, right? Mm-hmm. It versus this paper money that was getting inflated and we didn't know how much it was actually worth. And yes. so everyone at the time was like, put your money in something you can touch and something that holds actual value. Exactly. See, that's why I really believe it has to do with our values. I mean, we tend to look at Taurus, you know, people say Taurus, our values. I mean, you got Uranus going through Taurus, who's like changing things up there. But in Capricorn, yeah, it's like we want what will last. Because in times of uncertainty like that, all these little frivolous things, mm. you know, we no longer have time for, you know, we no longer value. We want 
the best, you know, what we can really value and count on, like things like gold. I mean, I think, you know, at the time when 2009, I was working in fine art and it didn't really hit us that much because, you know, we were working with, um, you know, an item that was highly valued, you know, in a certain section of, mm-hmm. the, of society and stuff. So, um, I really think, and I think that's something to really consider now. Where are we going to be focusing our time and effort and putting our money in to things that are really valuable? I yeah. think that's important. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yes. So put definitely put that in your financial pocket as we go through 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, now, two more things. One, uh, this was the first film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man, how Saturn, or how Ka- Jupiter and Capricorn, that sounds, I don't know, iron. I don't know what rules iron really, but it just sounded strong. But, you know, think about it. You go to the movies these days, they're all like Marvel cinematic. It's like the God. character of all the movies these days. And so that was the first film. And so we see this 12-year Jupiter and Capricorn cycle. Of, so I'm interested to see what will happen with the whole... Um, the that that Marvel series, especially now that Disney Plus has their own streaming series, uh, which is an interesting um, development in this this year's uh, astrology. Uh, but they own Marvel, and that's part, and they're taking Marvel to the streaming, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting too. Now, the last thing I wanted to share in 2008, which I just found so symbolic, <laughs> is this: this was the year that Thomas Beatty, the world's first pregnant man, gave birth to a daughter. Do you remember this? Whoa. Do you no. remember? I, 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 th- I thought it was maybe a joke or something. I don't know. No, well, it was a, it's a, a transgender uh, female uh, who, you know, uh, and so they're, uh, her wife um, couldn't was actually infertile and couldn't carry. So uh, you know, even though he had done the switch, um, you know, he became the the basically the, you know the the mother father of of three different births um, through insemination. And so I thought that was just so interesting. The idea of the world's first pregnant man with Jupiter which has its, you know, exaltation in cancer, the sign of birth and the motherhood, uh, you know, and here it's in this fall position in Capricorn, but it's still birthing this, you know, unique creation of the world's first pregnant man. I thought that was so interesting to me. (laughs) Yes. Wow. All right. Now, how about uh, 1996? When we go back to 96, uh, we see... uh, What's interesting about 96 is that was when Osama bin Laden actually uh, declared the message of a a declaration of war against the Americans (laughs) occupying the land of the two holy places. And we know how that uh, uh, ended up faring out. Uh, But what's interesting about that, Christina, is that actually uh, in 1973, when Jupiter is in Capricorn, that is when the World Trade Center... Uh, the world's tallest building and the one that went down opened in New York. So oh the building itself is tied in with a Jupiter and Capricorn story here too. And so that was fascinating to me. Um, now another, uh, in Bill Clinton. I just say real quick, 1996 yeah. was another awesome year for me. <laughs> I just chalk up Jupiter and Capricorn as, as your year and hopefully mine too. So, yeah. you know, I love that you share that because it reminds people that, yeah, no, there's, there's great possibility. I mean, I'm from Florida, a small town in Florida. And I remember that summer I spent in New York city and it was just amazing. It blew my mind. You know, it was like too much though, because (laughs) it was like, I'd never been to like the city that major before, 
But um, yeah, it was pretty... Oh no, that year I went to Paris too. Yeah, I just remember that just being a great year. So... Capricorn, you'll all have some hope. (laughs) Yes, right. That's right. The Capricorns had to come and be like, no, it's not all that bad. (laughs) Um, Well, and you know, Bill Bill Clinton signed welfare reform laws that year too, which made major shifts in welfare policy, which is, you know, when you think of Jupiter and Capricorn. Now, what I find interesting in 1984 and in 1973, both, because I'm noticing that uh, there were um, kind of ground, like foreshadowing for groundbreaking and structural technology technology. Like 1984 is when Apple computer uh, unveiled its revolutionary Macintosh personal computer, which changed the face <laughs> of com- computing. Uh, you know, me and you are talking on a computer today, the, the interwebs, you know, this is, uh, this is... And think about that, that it's like, you know, they say that Capricorns give like really practical gifts, you know? And if you think about that, that was an exciting thing, but it was also practical. It helped us with our work. It helped move work forward. Um, but it, it kind of glamorized the idea of work. Like, Ooh, I'm working through this cute little, you know, spaceship looking thing on my desk. (laughs) That's so funny too, because I just, uh, my last Astro Story time, I did a whole you know, thing on Steve Jobs, you know, and he's the creator, one of the creators of that. And he had Venus and Capricorn oppose Jupiter, uh, a Jupiter Uranus conjunction in cancer. Um, So, you know, and he was the, he was the technological design king, you know? (laughs) Um, And then same in 1973, that was the first time a mobile phone call was ever made. Talk about, you know, and this, so it's just interesting to see these practical, practical inventions that brought, uh, you know, growth to how we operate as humanity. You know, we're all glued to our cell phones now. Had that mobile call never been made in the first place, you know, Jupiter and Cap, (laughs) same with the Apple computer and that personal computer, you know, that took it to a whole other level. Um, oh, it's really making me think about this, you know, Jupiter, Uranus trine then. Yes. Because mm. something that might come through that might seem like a small thing might end up being like something that's Huge. groundbreaking for us eventually. Oh, know? I love that. That's a, yes. Right. So it's like Jupiter almost being sneaky, right? <laughs> it's like, it's laying its foundations, but it's like, we'll blow this up later. Like this um, looks like a, a fountain pen, but it can do all this amazing stuff ah! for your life. <laughs> I love it. So, let, you know, let's look out for that. And especially like you said, with that trying to Uranus around, you know, holiday time, it, I'm interested to see that what they'll unveil. Um, now, two other things happen in 1973 that are definitely of note in the Jupiter Capricorn, because Jupiter can be, uh, you know, courts too. In 1973 yeah. was the year that Roe versus Wade was, you know, mm-hmm. legal. That's and they still fight it to that day, you know. Um, and, and which is interesting to think about, because once again, Capricorn uh, and Jupiter in Capricorn in its in its fall because, you know, Capricorn is essentially in opposition to the life-giving cancer. Like I said earlier before with the the man who birthed the the child. Um, So there is something to be said about, yeah, but the, but, but these abortion cases were, you know, that was a necessary and extreme one. And so it needed, not all life can be born. And so that's interesting aside of Jupiter and Capricorn with the Roe versus Wade. Um, 
And then the last thing I wanted to say, uh, especially in line with, uh, you know, I'm noticing political hearings for corruption and, and falls from leadership mm-hmm. in Jupiter and Capricorn. And, you know, 1973 is when the Watergate hearings began on, uh, on mm-hmm. you know, good old Nixon. And we see where our current leader is, at least in the United States. Um, and many leaders, actually, there's a lot of different leaders that are being challenged by the populace um, for corruption and, and misdeed. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, and we know what happened to Nixon. So these, these are just kind of some of the things that I wanted to share with uh, some of these Jupiter in Capricorn stories. Wow. Yeah. It really makes you think and want to reflect, you know, on what's possible. I mean, it obviously the, the exact events may change yes. transit to transit, but you know, it, there is some sort of thread that helps us to see, um, you know, what these archetypes are telling us. And, you know, ultimately when we're dealing with Capricorn or Saturn, they're very karmic and, you know, karma is simply what we have set in motion that is then coming back to us. Like, as we said, you know, it's 2008 was that, uh, the stock market crash. Well, that was karmic because if, you know, we'd been so irresponsible prior, then we have to eventually, you know, we have to pay the bill, you know, and, you know, the bill will come around eventually and all the predatory lending and things like that. Oh yeah. That then will, you know, come to bite you in the butt during a time that's heavy in Capricorn. Um, But I think it's, Good to know that, you know, that's the value of taking responsibility for your life, you know, is that when karma comes back around, karma can be good to you, you know, if right? you've been, yeah, if you've been trying to take responsibility and we all have karmic lessons to learn. Um, and so I think it's, I, we can't say, I think we've understood through this talk is that we can't just say whether it'll all be good or all be bad. Um, I know all those years were great years for me, so I'm hoping for another good year. <laughs> and 73, too. I was not born yet, but my husband, who's the love of my life, was born that year. Oh, so look say, at that. Um, that's sweet. Oh, well, no, that's, that's great. And, you know, some of the, it's not always good to know or say, you know, because you know what? We never know. You never know. We're, we're talking about the future. You can never really know the future until you're there. And then I, I'm like, I'm coining this hashtag, you know, <laughs> it, the old saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, honestly, you know, in reference to 2020 and all this Capricorn, hindsight is twenty twenty, And we need to be paying attention to that. And especially in relation to like what you just said and kind of those uh, karmic, um, you know, layers that may be part of this transit. And so, you know, look back. Look back because, uh, you know, (laughs) old Santa Claus was checking his list to see who's going to be naughty or nice now. Um, But that's a great point to bring up. And one of the last things I just wanted to mention or have us talk about before, uh, you know, for Jupiter transits, because we talked about Jupiter-Pluto, we talked about Jupiter-Uranus, the uh, eclipses, but there is also that piece about Jupiter and Neptune now sextiling uh, and not in a square formation any longer. So do you, do you, have any insight into what that, you know, maybe how that story might play along? Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but I, I'm relieved that they won't be squaring each other, you know, because it seemed to take things to just such, you know, madness at times. Yeah. Um, I think it, 
they could likely be supportive of one another. I, you know, I love when, um, you know, these earth and water signs can support one another because we can see that earth can sometimes be so restrictive that it can almost feel like death. Right. Right. (laughs) And, and the magic and uh, the, the fantasy of Neptune you know, at its best when it is working in, in a supportive way with, you know, Saturn or Capricorn, they can help bring dreams to reality. I remember I had a yeah. teacher who had said that, um, you know, manifesting people with Saturn and Neptune in good relationship are great manifestors because they can have a vision, you know, they can just um, allow themselves to envision something that it may feel totally like fantasy, totally imagination, and somehow get the, that earth support of it to bring it into form. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I would love to see how those two interact with each other during this time. Well, I'm, I'm, those are like my exact thoughts too, because maybe if we were challenged by the dream and we're trying to find the limit and we're trying to find the way and the foundation, you know, here we have this sextile. It's like, okay, well, we've, we've worked some of that stuff out. You're more grounded now. You're more realistic about the dream at play. Uh, and so now we can work with this. Doors might mm-hmm. start to open and we, you know, cause water and earth together, like we were saying earlier, create form. And so I think that this might be great for, um, not only following your own dreams and getting that ball rolling, but also with uh, just, you know, entertainment and arts and everything in in general. I feel like maybe we'll have that container you were talking about earlier uh, more at the ready for, um, Mm -hmm. you know, our artistic or spiritual type of, you know, visionary expression. And like um, those that are like compassionate, you know, I think also... That's a good one compassion and being charitable and being generous, but doing so in a practical way that can help people, you know, which Mm. is a Capricornian thing. Um, I'd like to see that as a potential during these times because, you know, to me, Jupiter is, you know, and Capricorn can be the fundraiser, you know, yeah, and doing so with the support of, you know, really having their heart into it with that sort of Neptunian Pisces um, influence. I think that's a, gr- that's a great way to look at it. And I hadn't quite looked at that angle before. And it really, that once again, kind of bring, Christina's really bringing the hope and the, the you know, in the face <laughs> of this talk today. Well, see, and um, that's the other thing is I think we could, there could be times of losing faith, right? With yeah. if that, that Capricornian energy gets so intense for Jupiter. But I think that, because it's funny, because I was just going to say that before you said it, is that Neptune can can hopefully bring the faith back in, make it feel like, you know, that there is something to live for and to believe in again. Mm, yes. And yeah, I love it. And so I think that, I think that maybe just maybe that Neptune sextile is going to take off that hard edge um, mm-hmm. of some of the Capricorn that's going on uh, so that we don't, you know, hopefully, you know, cause there, there are, you know, it can be very authoritarian when you're getting Saturn and Pluto together and then Jupiter's there with it. Um, so hopefully yeah. that Neptune will, you know, bring that compassion back into play, remind us of, you know, um, that we're all 
very Pisces. We're all one. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and just earlier this month, we've had the Saturn and Neptune sextiling. I think it was yes. from late October mm-hmm. to early November. And so it may have been kind of subtle for some people, but um, I allowed it to help me with, you know, I think at that time was when I was starting to think about, you know, what do I want next year to be like? What am I willing to sort of dream into and just and create just sort of a loose sort of um, schedule, you know, looking at the next year, you know, structured enough to have a, an idea of what might be possible, um, but also more feel into it rather than like planning everything. Yeah. So once again, that seems like a, a balance of the two, right? So we're not over Saturning. Uh, so that I don't know. Maybe that's the Jupiter and the Neptune piece, and even the Uranus part. You know, these are chiming in to lessen the Saturn a little bit, but not in a way that you know disempowers it more. That helps it along so it doesn't become so extreme, or you know. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm looking pretty for. I'm looking forward to it. Dare I say? Uh, so. How do we how do we work with it? What if you had one tip to to tell one or two? You know how many we want. <laughs> um, what would you say to people to to really work this Jupiter and Capricorn transit? Yeah, I mean, I would still have faith that there is abundance. That we live in an abundant universe, right? So there's always going to be abundance somewhere, as long as we sort of cast our line into the right river, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and we allow it to all, you know, come to us. Um, I think that it's important that we value things like, um, you know, taking responsibility for our lives and actually being at your best. Because like you said, where, you know, the last time it, it was a time where everyone was investing in gold, mm-hmm. you know, because gold, you know, the gold standard. And maybe we can be the gold standard standard in our own lives. I mean, even in astrology, I'm seeing a lot, you know, even though there's a lot of people doing astrology and out there, I'm even seeing my own clients. um, They don't want to be like sort of, you know, they don't want me to undermine them or whatever in how I do the astrology. They want more. They want depth. They want the real deal. And I think for a long time, so many of us thought, well, we got to just give them a little bit so you know they understand it. But now people are, they're aware. They want quality. Mm. And that's the thing is I think we need to bring more quality into our lives. Otherwise, we can feel like we're missing out on the, the abundance party that everyone else is having. But that's because, you know, it's important for us to, to bring the quality because it might not just be some like... Um, some free for all anymore when it comes to whatever money and attention and whatever it is we're seeking. But really, it's about living a life with quality and knowing that you can get some great returns on your investment if you, you know, say no to the things that are, aren't as valuable so that you can really say yes to the things that are. Oh, that is so great. You know, quality, not quantity. You know, Jupiter can definitely be quantity. So I love that because, you know, Capricorn is known for being, you know, a purveyor of the fine stitch, you know, nice things, mm. looking well, you know, and I, there's a new episode. If you look into fast fashion and, you know, fashion is destroying our planet right now uh, because people are just 
you know, things aren't made well anymore. And so I love that looking at things for what their quality is, not the quantity or how cheap you can get it for, because we are, it's, this year is about making an investment, right? You know, investment in quality, investment in yourself, in your own gold standard. I love that, Christina. (laughs) And I would also look at, you know, it makes me think of the things like the minimalist lifestyle, yeah, um, which I never thought was my thing at all. But I, you know, once I started kind of looking at some of that stuff, it really is about, you know, clearing your space of all the clutter so that the things that you have that are of value, you can just really like enjoy them and relish them. And, you know, you don't need all this stuff. I think someone once said, um, look around at your house. That was all money once. Yeah, and I was just like, don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, I might cry. Uh, <laughs> but it's actually, that's a reality check, you know? It's just like, wow. So, you know, just getting more conscious of, you know, where we're spending our money, you know, where we're investing not only our money, but our time and attention. And I think that can really, um, you know, give us a sense of satisfaction with our lives. Mm, I love that. I love all that. So, you know, I'm not going to say anything else on the matter because... (laughs) I think that is a good way to sum this talk up. And I think we did so with a sense of hope and purpose uh, and a nice foundational directive to use this energy. So, oh, thank you, Christina. So where can people find you? You know, what, where... Where can they see what you got going on and or what do you got going on? <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Um, well, I'm at radiantastrology.com and you can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram at Radiant Astro. And I do my daily astrology um, star casts. I also do weekly and monthly ones for my members. Um, you can also join my membership. And for the Thanksgiving weekend, I'm about to do... A 50% off. Is this coming out before Thanksgiving, Black Mm, Friday? No, you're teasing people. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, next Monday. (laughs) Oh, it might still be up. Well, anyway, you can check out my website, radiantastrology.com. I've got my membership. I'm also doing 2020 readings for a limited time through the month of December. Um, And you can purchase that on my website and find all the details there. But anyway, thank you so much, Melissa. This was a really enriching conversation uh, for me as well. I love that you do all the research that helps us to then take a step back to see, you know, what's the meaning in all of these events. Um, Yeah. Hindsight 2020, like I say, hashtag hindsight 2020 is because it's good to look back before we look forward um, so that history doesn't repeat itself. You know, like that's essentially, and Capricorn is just that, it's tradition, it's history, it's what has come before in many ways. So if there's any time to look back, it's definitely with Capricorn. Um, so I'm glad that we did. Now, of course, uh, so if you need to find uh, Christina further, or if you want to find more talks, if you liked our talk together, we've actually done uh, a, a handful by now. Uh, we've done a talk on Chiron and Aries. We've done the Uranus opposition. Um, we've done something that I'm forgetting about right now. Um, there's a couple different talks, but if you search... Uh, you and know, you mm-hmm. came on to my podcast, that Radiant is right. Astrology Podcast. That is right. And we spoke about about Greta Thunberg and you came with some really fascinating research on her. That was awesome. I know. I just love my research. Scorpio, you know, Scorpio <laughs> is working. So, um, yeah. So to, so of course I always do a blog post for things. And if you, uh, 
want to search, you can search my website at energeticprinciples.com. And if you uh, search Christina's name, actually, you're going to see every talk that we've done together uh, too, if you want to get a fast track to some of the other things. Because I think every time Christina and I come together, we we have some quality quality (laughs) chats. Um, So go to energeticprinciples.com to find that. Uh, And of course, I'll have all Christina's information there as well. Um, And if you just want to keep up with what the podcast or I'm doing or, you know, look into getting a consultation, uh, you can find out more there. And you can also find me on social media at Energetic Principles um, on both Facebook and Instagram. And of course, if you want uh, that Astro Storytime I was talking about earlier with Steve Jobs and some of that Capricorn principle, uh, you can find that on Patreon at patreon.com backslash you guessed it, energetic principles. (laughs) So you know what? People need to hear about Jupiter and Capricorn because it's going to be here for a whole year. So spread the good word, you know, share the podcast, uh, leave a nice review wherever you listen. um, And you know, that will help us be seen further. So uh, all right, Christina. Oh, it's always fabulous getting to chat with you. So thank you once again. Thank you so much. And I can't wait till next time. Yes. All right, everyone. And it was so fat, you know, fabulous. Always talking to you. So (laughs) until next time, may the stars be with you. 